0: Hey, welcome to Digital Marketing Finesse Episode 9 My name is Johan Pavi and I'm coming to you live from London into your favorite podcast platform This week I'm talking to Daniel Greco. She's a very good friend of mine We used to work together at Depop for about a year and a half And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to share uh, this episode with you It's all about content marketing and all of the good stuff that Daniel has been putting out in the world for for quite some, some times now I'm also uh, getting close to the end of season one, which is uh, which is very exciting. One more episode to go after this, um, and I'll be taking a break and uh, thinking about what to do next with this platform. Um, I've also have a big announcement at the beginning of the, the podcast, so you know make sure you you listen through. Uh, it's to do with uh, with my own personal career, so uh, you know watch this space. Uh, it's going to be exciting. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's get it.
1: Hey, this is Danielle Greco, and you're listening to Digital Marketing Finesse.
0: Hey. Hey. (laughs) How are you? How are you? I'm
1: okay. I'm okay. I'm good. Um, Are you working? Are you technically working today?
2: I am, but... (laughs) The, uh, <laughs> the, little, the little secret I have that I haven't, I haven't really announced yet is that I'm, I'm not at least anymore, really? so I'm not working. Actually.
1: Really? You left? It is,
2: it is what it is, you know? It's, that's uh, work life. That's, uh, it is what it is.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, cool. Well, thank you for doing this. It's, it's great.
1: You're welcome. I'm uh,
2: excited. We're going nice, we're we're to have a nice chat, talk about content. And uh, yeah I'll take a, take it from take it from there. All right let's do it.
1: Okay then, let's yeah.
2: do it. So for the for the record we uh, yeah, we used to work together at Depop uh, for a year and a half or something like that Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: and you're actually the first you, I think you were the first person I met before I joined. We went for a coffee And I remember uh, we had a nice chat. Um, and uh, yeah after talking to you i was i was sold i was like i need to join depop this is gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) so the first question i ask every guest is what's your finesse
1: yes so my finesse i mean i think that like what i do ultimately you know I, i make content but really i think like high level is i i really enjoy building brands and I think that's something that I've learned from like past companies that I've worked for. I like coming into a brand early on and I like to mm. build their audience and I like to speak to their audience and engage with their audience and also kind of like create a new audience um, mm. and like a big important part of what I do I think is remembering one creating is that content is for your consumers The content you make is for your audience and that's content, you know, video content, social content, email content, Mm. and it's not for your internal team and it's not for your shareholders and it's not for investors, Mm. it's for your audience. And Mm. I think that if you can um, see the importance of that, I think it's something I like to do is let the companies that I work for know how important it is that when you are creating and you're creating something that you want to be engaging or to um, start a conversation, remember who you're starting that conversation with mm-hmm. and who that conversation is for. Because it's yeah. not always the people that are sitting around the table in front of you. And I think that that's kind of where my value comes in.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, I'll, I'll be super interested to know how you got to this. and like knowing knowing that like what sort of experience you had so far to get you to where you are now so yeah tell me a little bit more about you like who is Danielle
1: yeah so I grew up in Philadelphia you may think this accent is New Jersey but it's Philadelphia (laughs) and at like 17 I moved to New York to go to fashion school and I went to school for like for like buying and Mm -hmm. um worked loads of retail jobs loads of internships Mm -hmm. and then ended up at v files you know and i was at v files for like six years five to six years and then i wanted to relocate to london um Mm -hmm. and i and that was my goal i was like okay i need to move to london my partner's in london it's time to relocate Uh, to london
2: was it the main reason person partner or was there other reasons Yeah. yeah
1: okay it was the main reason and um the first person I spoke to was like, "Have you heard of Depop? Do you want to work for Depop?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool. Like that sounds really, really exciting." And mm-hmm. it definitely sounds like um, my previous experience would match up with what Depop wants to do, and I think mm-hmm. I can bring a lot to the table. Um, and you know, like three months later, I was living in London. So I've been in wow. London for almost three three years now. A year of that is lockdown, so it doesn't really count. But <laughs> May yeah. May is three years in London. Wow! And that's kind of taken me to like where I am now. But my my main background was always fashion, and yeah. then it moved into obviously like supporting um, young designers into supporting young businesses and young brands. Mm. And by young, I mean like up and coming. I don't mean like young by age. I just mean like small businesses, small brands.
0: Mm. And then
1: um, getting really, really into vintage. Always being like a foot into vintage, but now I'm just like, so like submersed into vintage. But then like, obviously your interests grow and you get older and you get a home or you rent or whatever, and you need to decorate. Mm. And so I've gotten into like vintage furniture vintage homeware vintage Mm. still with vintage clothing but um I kind of fully submersed myself into this world and I realized that my background although fashion has always been um like marketplaces like 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 user places that have user-generated content within yeah I've never worked for like a brand a brand that was like we make this and this is what we do I always Mm. worked for a company where that was like we are all encompassing and we need to find a way to speak to all these people but in very but make it feel very individual Mm. um and then also like a big part of all the jobs that i've worked at is is curation because when you're working with loads and loads of merchandise and different people and different aesthetics you need to be able to curate and you need to be able to like easily pull out the best of the best um so i've worked like every role from buyer to brand manager, mm. social media, landing into content just because that's okay. been like my favorite, not because mm. that's my background. Whoops. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> that kind of leads me to where I am today.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how, how did you, how did you move into content? Like what was the, uh, mm. the thing that made you uh, make that switch from all its previous roles into shooting content?
1: I, so I always thought I'd be a buyer and mm-hmm. I was a buyer and I was a buyer. Like, a, like you know, it was like, it was like streetwear and luxury buyer mm-hmm. for like a year or two. I think it was like a year and a half between mm-hmm. assistant buyer and then like head buyer. And eventually that life got very, like, that just got very redundant. I mean, very, um maybe that's the word. It just got really repetitive to me. Yeah. And it was like it's like you write an order you go to a show you sit I mean I sat at the fashion shows okay mm-hmm. cool someone <laughs> takes a picture okay I write an order and then I mm. hear about why the order isn't selling or I'm dealing mm. with shipping or all these things and I was like this is fun I did it it's done I can tell my grandchildren that I did it mm. I- it's time for something new and um I remember just expressing this to like my first, like real like office job boss. And she was like, yeah, like make content. And I was like, Mm -hmm. really? She was like, yeah, I think you could totally make some content. So Mm -hmm. she kind of just like, let me explore that. Um, Also the company was so small that everyone was so hands-on across the board that for me to make that jump, it was very easy for her to feel confident in the cost of my previous work to be like, you could try this out. And I think Mm -hmm. it ended up um it ended up suiting me the most um because I really like uh engaging with audiences and I really like engaging with people beyond just like you should buy this shirt yeah so I was really happy to make that jump and it's pretty and it's been like a massive learning experience but it's been really Mm. quick kind of like trajectory for me and I feel like it's what works
2: Mm -hmm. okay okay that makes sense and that was a At the time, was it something that uh, it was at V Files, right? Was it um, at the time where they were already doing content, or it was a new push towards developing more content, especially with the rise of YouTube, etc.? It was in coordination with that, I guess, right?
1: No, I feel like honestly, when I started at V Files, they were already such a massive uh, content play okay. um, because okay. Okay. there were like. It was just like a really, like the first group of people at v was just like really star studded group mm-hmm. who have gone on to do very big things. Mm-hmm. And um, those people at the time I was very junior and those people mm-hmm. that I came up under all were very big within art and content and fashion. Mm-hmm. And they kind of actually began to pave the way, I think for this type of like, insincerity within fashion which was a very very serious world at that time still this is like 2012 mm. 2013 um yeah. and then I just really resonated with it and was able to pick up the ball mm. and continue that
2: okay okay cool that's awesome that was uh, definitely like a, a a strong set of years at the time in New York I've seen it from my uh, French, uh, small south of France background. I was seeing it in the, the the eyes of YouTube, you know, from afar. But uh, that yeah, was the yeah. that was one of the thing that uh, was really um, really struck me when before we met the first time. When I heard about your background, I was like, this is this is big because I thought that was the beginning of something that now maybe feels more like common that brands would get a little yeah bit more, of course uh, like the bread and butter basically but at that at that time it was uh it was very um, pioneering uh, in terms of I um, think so yeah
1: and like I I'm not so. even saying that because like I was I, par- I partaked in it because I was so mm-hmm. junior at the time but within that structure of that team but there was like 20 of us you know mm-hmm. but I think that eventually people will look back and be like that was that really set a tone for this new era of fashion that we're kind of still in still you know 10 almost 10 years later um and yeah those years were really really important and i think that they're really proud of them even though there's some wildness in there but (laughs) it was just like a really good time i think i think it was really like a trial and error period within fashion and what came out of it and what exploded from it was something that was mm-hmm. really really needed in the fashion industry which was like much more inclusivity um and that you know young people are here to stay within the industry and they're not just yeah. to be like on coffee runs you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was good that was a good uh, era i think yeah, yeah 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 yeah
2: totally totally and and jumping into today's world so what what is what is uh, your day to day like what does a uh, head of content
1: do yeah so a head of content for like a brand would be or a company would be someone who like oversees all the social channels um who handles crm Mm. a guardian of like the tone of voice Mm. uh what type of content are we making for partnerships what type of content are we making for collaborations what does a rollout look like for a marketing campaign um it's kind of like it's almost a creative producer it's someone who's concepting series who's managing schedules mm. uh who's making sure that there's like goals associated and you're hitting numbers so that's mm. what that role that I do does okay okay <laughs>
2: okay and what's your what's your favorite part in that day today
1: I mean I like concepting series that's like what I think is the <laughs> funnest thing to do and like coming up with twists like all right, I mean, I've never sold notebooks, but if I was gonna go sell a notebook, what is the best, most engaging (laughs) video that we could do to sell a notebook to the coolest people around the world to make them want this notebook? And I think that like something like a challenge, even a challenge like that would actually be so fun
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i know i <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that uh concept conceptualizing like franchise and ideas we had some uh we had some wild uh, brainstorm session at depot <laughs>
1: yeah there's some could... really funny ones that never made the cut i uh,
2: know i know uh actually um that was one of my questions like what is uh it doesn't have to be from depot but like, you know what was the your best non-approved idea that you wish you put out in the world.
1: I'm going to give you a few ideas. Some that just straight up, the approval process was like, literally no, like you should just leave the room. <laughs> and others and others were like, you can make it, but it's going to cost like $200,000. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so one of the ideas I had was, and this was a really good idea actually. So there was a seller on Depop. He's still like a really big seller. And he uses gloves. A lot of people were like at the time when I pitched this, they would wear white gloves to show, like, to show, like, a supreme hat. White gloves to show a supreme hat. So I was like, oh, this person takes so much care of, you know, these items. And I was like, I had an idea that obviously I wanted to do very specific um, documentaries uh, based on each person's talents, kind of like creative aesthetic. So their documentary would vary and it would be in the same style as their creative aesthetic. So we were going to, I wanted to go do a documentary on this person, but the documentary I wanted to do was like a really like sterile style like has mask, like he would be like in full like like like, like, like has mask like suit, like picking up like a hoodie from like 2005 that's, like, I don't know, an off-white hoodie from 2005, and I just thought that that would be, like, a really fun series to yeah, do, yeah, 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 and yeah, it's, yeah, like, laid that. out on, like, a sterile, like, medical table, and he's, like, touching it, like, he can't, he cannot, like, infect this hoodie. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Which is just, like, also, like, a part of, like, sneaker culture, and, and yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. sneakers just wrapped in plastic, and you can't touch on, you can't pick up the shoe, you can't yeah. wear the shoe. No. You know what I mean? You can only, you can only <laughs> touch it with, like, with with a glove, a sterile glove. So I yeah, thought that yeah, that yeah. was really funny. I pretty much told like, uh, don't think so, maybe. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then there was another idea I had for a scripted series. Mm-hmm. which my boss at the time was like, yeah, make it. But like, we don't have the money to make this. Mm. And I actually took the time out of my work day and wrote this scripted series with someone. And it was like, at the time in fashion, um, I don't really think this still exists, but people were so obsessed with teenagers. Mm. Whatever a 16 year old had to say, they wanted to make fashion out of it, you know? And so we, there was like this rise in, um, you know, unlikely people becoming designers of luxury brands this you know it still happens today but this was like a rise in that so we were saying like okay. oh we should do a spoof like doc, like a mockumentary series of like this unlikely like designer becomes a luxury designer a luxury brand mm-hmm. designer and he's so obsessed with like the youth that he starts stealing ideas from like toddlers and <laughs> and he likes <laughs> he's like stealing scribbles from like his friend's kids and he's saying it's like Picasso. And <laughs> and at the end it comes out, that he's been like, he's been like forcing this two-year-old into doing like artwork for his clothing and the family wants payment. And anyway, it was a really funny series, but like, I'd literally okay. have no way to make it. I just wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, and then the other one, the last one I'll say, which okay. I, was given the opportunity to make it. But I think later on, everyone, including myself, was like, the world's not ready for this. And I think you'll probably remember it. It's on yeah. the puppet, the intern yeah. puppet show. I where remember, there was like yeah. a, we got up, literally paid money to get a puppet made. Um, yeah. <laughs> the puppet still exist. And she Yeah, like I, remember, an I, re- I
2: remember. I remember the puppet. <laughs> Lovely puppet.
1: Yeah, and she was just like, and she was like a really unruly intern. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, and I mean, and it showed how, like, we would handle an unruly intern. And then she turns into this, like, really great kind of office, like, colleague. Mm -hmm, Um, And you mm -hmm. kind of watch this intern grow up from, like, you know, wild child to, like, a professional. Great idea. You know, I'm not a a puppeteer. So I had to be the puppet (laughs) and the puppet boy so we ended up uh getting rid of that but the puppets still exist there's a lot this, of things that didn't make the,
2: <laughs> the yeah yeah yeah. so it's a, there's a lot of ideas right here for people listening to to steal if they they, wanna, <laughs> if they yeah, want to yeah i have a to. million
1: ideas i have a million ideas
2: <laughs> oh man i remember one I re, there's one i remember that i thought was also great it was um uh do you remember bad reviews
1: yes yeah, the one where people couldn't? <laughs> Is that the one where people could redeem themselves? Yes. <laughs> that was so good. It
2: was like you would tell- you were telling me it was like uh taking someone who left a bad review and getting to the to to the end of it. So like looking for that person, going interviewing them, and then
1: Oh yeah, like Louis through style.
2: Yeah, like the buyer and the seller would like meet and like get to like Hash it ap- out. <laughs> apologize, talk it through, you know, like oh yeah genius. but I wanted it
1: to be about like silly things you know when they're like yeah. oh you left you left a bag of crisp in the Nikes you sold me and then like exactly. the person would the review would come up and the person mm. would be sitting in like a dim lit warehouse and they're like that was a really bad day for me I was really hungry I didn't mean to leave mm. the crisp in your in your new Nikes like can you please like kind of redeem themselves <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was oh. really great but also another one that just never got. <laughs>
2: Never, never, never made it through. Never made it through. No, no, no. It's a shame. It's a shame. I think um, I want to talk about this because for, I think there's uh, 99% of brands would not go for content like that. I think it's not because of the idea. I think it's more because of the the, the end goal and not seeing the, the long-term potential of having some franchise like that whether it's on youtube or whether you know tiktok or to build an audience in the long run and i think that's where when you work for a media company it's a given because that's what they do they create content and they 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 make money out of the audience so they have to create the audience therefore create the content but when you work for a business it doesn't come as uh, as easy because of the ROI attached to it, and I don't I don't think um, I have like the perfect like solution for that because I always end up having the same issues wherever I work for. But like, what do you think of that? Like, what what's um, what's your take on like that building the audience and having like creative ideas that don't necessarily make people purchase straight away versus going for maybe like a more short term type of goal, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think overall, it depends who you're like speaking to. And for a long time Mm. I was speaking to to Gen Z. So Mm. I was like, Gen Z, uh, they don't want to be sold to. Mm. They know when you're selling to them. They've grown up with the internet. They probably Mm. have been on Instagram since they were 14 years old. Mm. So like doing a clean shot of a hoodie on a clean, cute pick, saying shop this hoodie, you're not gonna get any engagement. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to think of a really interesting way to speak to them about this hoodie that seems like bonkers to even like go viral. Yeah. I think that if you're speaking to a different audience, an older audience, um, then yeah, they wanna be sold clean and to the point. So like, I do mm-hmm. think it varies. And I think like now um, mm-hmm. in current role that I'm in and some other things that I'm working on, like that's very clear to me now. Like. That's not who you're always speaking to. So that so Mm. creating this style of like really creative content is not always necessary. But Mm. I do think content, especially, you know, with things like with things like 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 COVID, you know,
0: and Mm -hmm. everyone's
1: moving digitally and everyone's working from home and everyone's on their phones. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are loads of brands who are like, why weren't we ever doing content? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm talking, like, I'm not even talking. I'm not talking outlandish ideas. I'm talking just straightforward video content, mm. speaking to your audience, like yeah. getting reviews about products, showing people how to try it on. It's mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. And I know that, some, that people do sometimes talk about the ROI um, and what you get out of the money you spend on it. But like, you can actually make content not very uh, expensively. You can do, yeah. you can make budget content, especially nowadays. Um, where everyone's getting off long form content and I think people are moving brands are moving away from YouTube and they're all Mm -hmm. just investing into TikTok and Instagram when it comes to video Mm -hmm. content it's cheaper Mm -hmm. it's quicker it's less like impactful it's less Mm -hmm. impactful in a way where it could be like you're worried like what's I think people get when it's like long form and when I mean long form when it comes to a brand that's like five to 15 minutes people are like oh but what is the message here like what Mm -hmm. if they what if people think this or they do this and we don't get what we want out of it but when you're doing Mm -hmm. something for Instagram and it's two minutes long and that's it I think people are probably more comfortable with um, creating content but content is very very important Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why you shouldn't always be looking for an ROI on it is that uh, it's 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 audience building in a way where you're bringing in new people and these aren't new people mm. that will necessarily shop right away so you might not see mm. a return like we put this video out and we got 10 sales from it like that's that might not always be the case but you might mm. down the road get more followers on your social media which will then lead to you know gmv yeah you
2: yeah, know yeah, what I mean? yeah yeah that makes But sense. yeah it's, makes a, sense. It's, a,
1: it's a it's a it's always um uh a, a hot topic
2: yeah, yeah, what do you get,
1: what do you get out of content? Why why make content? Well, yeah. nowadays you can't even have a physical store open. Like I think you know we've been in lockdown in London for like six months. So like yeah. if you don't have any content online, I think people I think it really started to make people realize how important that is.
2: I think you don't exist these days if you don't if you don't have some sort of content that is. Um, I mean, outside of like sending an email a week and maybe a blog, which also you can argue that no one reads it um you know I think you need to be a little bit more like you said like a little bit more present online it doesn't have to be super long form content I think I I agree with you that you know it doesn't have to be like a show on YouTube and make it super long but um it, it has to be something um it's interesting sometimes I, I'm trying to think about a company where that would not apply and uh i always like i'm trying to like i think about extremes and like you know company that sells to like you know super old people or whatever even in that case i'm like there's still a way to make content that they would see somehow you know like
1: yeah of course i mean some um, of my favorite like social presences are like fast food restaurants and I'm like, there's absolutely no reason why Burger King would need to be so good at content. There's absolutely no reason why anyone, like, why anyone in America or you know, whatever yeah, yeah, in the UK, yeah, yeah. going through a Burger King drive-through, like, would be like. There's no return on investment on that. There's none because they they don't rely on content to bring in people buying burgers. Yeah. However, it's made me sit here and be like, Burger King's got great content.
2: Yeah, you know. Exactly exactly i was gonna ask you like um who else or maybe burger king why burger king like what do you see from them that you think is is great
1: you know why because burger king did that burger king did that ad i think they did it in like 2018 and it was an ad that literally it's an ad that i would suggest and everyone (laughs) would say no but it's like an (laughs) award-winning ad (laughs) and what it was is yeah Okay. And I know why they did this. I know the mindset behind this ad. So like in like, I don't know, 2015 or something, this, they were probably like, okay, who's our biggest competitor? McDonald's. What was backlash about McDonald's? What backlash came out about McDonald's? And it was, remember, someone put a McDonald's burger in an art gallery show. I could be incorrect about this trajectory, Mm -hmm. but it was something like this. They like put a McDonald's burger in like an art show and it never, it never disintegrated it just shrunk or something like it never disintegrated or something. And I remember this would be me in a meeting. Like, yeah, remember this burger didn't disintegrate. Like, and then Mm -hmm. someone, some brilliant person was like, we should just shoot a really gross picture of our burger, like covered in mold and disintegrated and be like, and underneath it, it's like, we're all natural. And Mm. they did something like that. And it's like this disgusting Burger King burger. And people were like, this Mm. is so disgusting. I'm going to throw up. My kid is never eating here because your food gets moldy. Like, yeah, lady, all food gets moldy if it's real. Like that's that's the point. They're trying to prove to you that their burgers Mm. will mold because they are real. Mm. But I think a lot of people would be very scared to take an angle where at first glance something looks ugly or Mm. at first glance something looks disgusting. Mm. But it's like read the fine print. Like yeah. at the same time, you, you because it's so disgusting, you're looking at it and you're reading it because you're like, why would they put out this image that's so disgusting? If mm. I saw an ad of like a beautiful burger shop by like a food photographer, I would just keep going, cares. Seen it a million times. Oh, yeah. this 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 company showing me one covered in mold. <laughs> it's just it's just my favorite. Yeah. It's just my all-time favorite. I think it won awards. If not, it should. I
2: think so. Yeah, I remember it. That was big, yeah. All
1: I thought when I saw that ad was, oh God, they must have went through hell to get this approved. This (laughs) must have been so hard to get approved, literally like months. Like I'm talking like tears, like please approve it. (laughs)
2: That's true. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Poor
1: people, poor people.
2: Who, Who else? Do you have any other on top of mind that you can think of that you think of doing like awesome content at the moment?
1: I mean... I love like there's just like I usually consume content through Instagram which I think most people do Mm. um and what people do now is they kind of take reality tv and they just do it down into bites and then they like Mm. comment on it so I'm really into this like kind of commentary style which probably obviously originated on YouTube but this very like Mm. commentary style like text commentary style uh Mm. content I don't know how that could be like it would be really interesting to kind of twist that into something for a brand. Cause I've only seen it done on like, you know, real housewives yeah. recaps, Instagrams, <laughs> but it's just like a really easy way to consume content. And it's really fun to get someone's perspective on something that you're like watching in front of you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's probably like my favorite type of content okay. currently. Okay. Um, is that like the most uh, unique No, but I think it's fun. I just think it's worth okay. watching.
2: watch. Okay, 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 no, fair enough, fair enough. I wanted to ask you as well, like, do you have a, a formula to come up with ideas? How do you come up with creative ideas?
1: It's hard because now as I as I get older, um, my ideas are like, okay what, you know, what's like an interesting way, like I said, you know, what is an interesting way to sell Mm. this notebook? Like, what is kind of like a fun way to watch a notebook open or to like get someone's views on a notebook? Mm. Previously, my thought process would be like, you know, how can I like shock this many people in this period of time, but also get them to be happy, you know? Like Mm. shock, like repulse and then move into happiness.
0: Mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. kind of
1: like how, I mean, it's just like, how do you go viral? You know, how can, yeah. how can you be, how can you stand out the most? Which I mm-hmm. guess is something that can travel between content. Like it doesn't just have to be Gen Z, like you can stick it down in whatever field you're in. Um, yeah. So I guess like standing out and having like standout content or maybe just going and extra inch past your competitors when it comes to like the comfort zone of, comp- of content mm. so if they're doing x y and z it's like well can we do x y z and one two three mm-hmm. you know and and i think yeah i
2: don't
1: okay. know it really depends it really depends who you're talking to because at one point i would be like you know go really crazy but then that doesn't always work if you're selling like refrigerators you know you don't want to <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I get you, I get you. Like you can okay. fit
1: in your fridge. Like, I don't know, you know.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, I see, I see, I see. It's, it's, it's an odd it's a question, you know. It's an odd question. Um, it really I varies.
1: Think, I mean, me yeah. is like, me like, me personally, um, I like doing things that push the limits a bit. But yeah. I had learned to adapt that. I've learned the hard way mm. to adapt that. Two very yeah. you know specific parameters.
2: Yeah. yeah no, I I yeah, I get that. I get that. I uh I would agree with that. From from working with you, like I think you're very into pushing the limits a little bit and con and contrasts. You're looking for contrasting things and and,
1: and Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. contrasting things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's a good I think it's a good way. Um. So you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what do you think is uh, more of your affinity right now, like short form or long form content? Are you more like YouTube or TikTok?
1: Yeah, I feel like for um, a long time, I felt like long form was the way to go because that was my background. And mm. I think that at one point, that was something that was working for people, mm. Um since COVID, my mind has like fully changed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think for a brand, everything should be short form and everything should be on your social channels. Unless you already have like a really built up, unless you're a media platform and you would really built up YouTube, I wouldn't suggest a brand to maybe try to build up their YouTube. I would just keep it on like, I'd keep it where your audience is, where you know you're going to rack up some views which is typically like Instagram, to be honest with you. And then obviously if you're a bit younger, you can do uh, like TikTok, but I would keep it on Instagram, keep it short form. And also I've really gotten into like UGC. So it's like, like I said, you don't have to spend loads of money. Like you can ask people to shoot themselves because people know how to use a phone. They know how to do this, you know, to shoot themselves and then have editors like really kind of warp these videos into whatever you want them to be, but it feels really organic and it also feels very, um, it feels very like your, consu- your consumer is part of your brand by giving them the power to film kind of what they want. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. What is your favorite content that you actually put out?
1: My favorite one? Yeah. You know what? I have I have a few favorites and some performed really, really well. And I mm-hmm. they're my favorite just because it was like, I just think they were a big win. And Mm -hmm. one was like, you know, like Charity Case when we did um, a video how-to series with uh, the drag queen Charity Case and Mm -hmm. their series performed really, really well. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a DIY, how to get Charity Case's looks and their looks are quite extreme, but I feel like uh, it was something really important to do at the time because they Mm -hmm. were like a really big seller and that they had a great story to tell and they were like a great, just a great talent. And um, that was something that I did push quite hard for because I really, really believed in working with Charity Case to do that video series. And Mm -hmm. it ended up, like I said, it ended up doing really, really well. And then, you know, now Charity Case is on Vogue. You know, it's like, I'm really glad that Depop was one of the first people to break kind of that story, even though Charity Mm -hmm. Case already solidified um, their role Mm -hmm. within fashion and drag. I was really Mm -hmm. happy to work with them on that project. Um, mm-hmm. And then another project that I love was that V-Files did a how-to series. And this was just like meant to go viral. This is before like IGTV even existed. And it was just yeah. videos that we put it in on Instagram. It was like how V-Files um, hails a cab. And there's, there was this um, person, Chauncey. And they, um, they're like a dancer, like a really like amazing dancer. And what we did is we asked Chauncey to kind of like, do a really extreme version of hailing a cab. And I'm pretty sure Chauncey mm. was doing like splits and back flips onto the cab. And this is a cab that we paid like, I was like, stay here, I'll give you $15 if you just don't drive away for 10 minutes. And you know, it's New York. So the cab driver's like eating a sandwich. And he's like, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah, all yeah. right, all right, cutie, like, all right, love, like, just stay, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, thanks so I was like go dance like just go crazy go dance on the cab and then I think Chauncey likes like does like a split at the end like into the cab or like a death drop into the cab but anyway it went viral and it and we continued the series like how V-Files does things with Chauncey as the host Mm -hmm. and it's just one of my favorites because I just think it has really good energy and I think yeah. it's just really good for the brand. It had no call to action. There was no call to action to shop anything or do anything mm. like that. It just kind of showed, it showed brand values, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. be yourself, be your loudest, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I really like that piece of content that we made.
2: That so amazing. those are my two I, favorites. Yeah. yeah, I need to check, I need to check the v um, 5 the You'll one. see it yeah yeah yeah, i i I think i like that i like that i definitely love the charity case series Um, yeah
1: charity's amazing
2: yeah that was that was great um what content do you consume weekly
1: uh i don't know really like i follow loads of very bizarre um instagram accounts and i think Mm. these accounts keep me creative um Mm. And I don't like using the word bizarre because these are obviously like, these are like, there's like these ideas around creativity and um, artists and stuff. And, you know, there's all these like very like transgressional artists doing like really bizarre things, but like they all kind of fit into this like really cool mold of like modern art. And like, they're like in magazines and they're in fashion magazines. I'm talking like people, I follow people in like the middle of Russia who like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like are living their everyday life but like it's so like jaw-droppingly shocking that you're like this is performance art but it's not it's just like it's
0: it's just like
1: it's just what this woman is just living her freest life in you know Oh, wow. In wherever in the middle of Romania and I'm like this is really really cool you know like and then I see like mutual followers no one it's just me you know and I'm like, are you, like <laughs> um oh, there's wow. like this there's like this woman now who's like um a really I guess she's a well-known bodybuilder because she has quite a large amount of followers and she's Russian and I think that she just And she's very like, she's a big bodybuilder. Like she's like big in mass because from like Mm -hmm. working out. Um, And I just feel like people like her really inspire me creatively because I'm like, you know what? That's really cool that you're just like living your truest life. Like you're in this, like you're in a mini dress and you're just like rocking the body that you created for yourself with Mm -hmm. no beauty Mm -hmm. standards whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I, I follow a lot of people like that, that really kind of push um yeah. the standard of norm in mm. what you would think would be like some type of like art or performance way but it's not like it's literally them at their just truest self like yeah, going definitely. for a walk like walking their dog but like they just look like it's like mind-blowing that like you know yeah, 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 yeah it's mind-blowing yeah. it's also really amazing to see people like live their truest life so like those types of people really inspire me mm-hmm. um I don't know you know it's hard because like I just still love the idea of like shocking the average person by being like yeah this is fashion this is what fashion is now people are like what no it's not like that's not (laughs) Kim Kardashian and it's like well that's what I think fashion is and I still like have that kind of me and I feel like that's a part of me that even though as I go on to new roles and I take on very like you know more serious roles or yeah selling not selling to gen z anymore things like that i will always kind of in my personal life had this love for like people really challenging uh the norms within content and what they post yeah. and how they present themselves so that's okay. just something that will always inspire me so that's the type yeah, of content yeah. i consume <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it, uh, yeah no that's great that's great is it mainly on instagram or do you, is there like a a media platform that you particularly look into because their content is a little bit like that or, or not really is it just on your on your own
1: no it's literally Instagram and then it's like RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> <laughs> my 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 interests are very uh they're oh, they're wow. like really scattered but they're like in a funnel of like just yeah yeah yeah, yeah like you can draw my brain into sections you know it's like bodybuilding <laughs> woman rupaul's drag race like a huge wig covered in butterflies like it's like you could really just map it out pretty easily uh, uh,
2: no i get it i get it i get it cool um i want to ask you a, a couple of uh, questions about more you and um and your perception of like marketing and and maybe some tips as well for people who wants to start in content marketing but um what is your currently your favorite marketing channel instagram yeah well so. i
1: think for that's my personal favorite but i think mm-hmm. i think you if for your company your favorite marketing channel should be wherever you have the biggest audience
0: yeah so
1: if you yeah. have a bigger audience on facebook you bet that better become your favorite marketing channel because that's who <laughs> that's where everyone's at so that's how I yeah, it like yeah.
2: That. okay well, that's cool is there any new trend in in content marketing that you that you spotted recently that you curious about that maybe hasn't made it to mainstream
1: Okay, so I actually noticed something on Instagram where it's like, you know, there's like the shopping, you can go to like the shopping, you can click to shop, right? Yeah, it takes you to like yeah. your Facebook catalog. And then you mm-hmm. can also like do like a shopping catalog that's like its own, its own, it, like it's, it's, its own thing you click, right? So the yeah. like shopping collection. Yeah. There's also this thing called, I think it's called like Guide and it looks like a little magazine like that. It sits next to the shopping one and it's like, yeah shopping guide but it's like it's like text-based and then underneath you put the items so you can almost create your own like magazine within instagram which i actually have Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. i've seen one person do yeah i've seen one person do it and i was like that's really cute for brands to kind of create their own like guide so like yeah you see the products but you also see like loads of text and like why you should buy the product and you see the product Mm. and like imagery that you won't usually see the product so i think tapping into mm-hmm. i don't even know if i think it's called a guide i need to look into it further but i think tapping into that is like maybe yeah. going to be like a new wave for yeah, yeah shopping
2: i agree so yeah it is called guide and i've seen um
1: have you seen it it's really yeah, cool. yeah
2: yeah yeah we um we uh, we've started to do a um, quite a few guides at least actually. And one of them was like a collection of all the interviews we made of sneakerheads. So you can tap into the guide and you have all of them here. And it's like, wow. there. so yeah. So it's still not pushed that much by Instagram, but I agree with you that they started to roll out interactions on guides. So you can see number of likes, comments, shares on guides. Really? And I think I agree with you. I think a lot of people not necessarily brands, but could type into guides to actually create their own zine, their own world.
1: Yeah, and yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, um, and actually uh, become, you know, fairly successful or known for their curation. Then it becomes yeah, like definitely. a curation thing. So yeah, no, I think that's a good one, definitely. Um, all right, last one. What advice would you give to someone who wants to start into content marketing
1: um i feel like i mean obviously you start out if into if you want to get into my role you typically would start out working on social media right Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. just like really just always coming up with new ideas and saying them and proposing them and suggesting them and staying on top of like what everyone else Mm -hmm. else is doing and staying on top of like, looking into what your audience is doing. But I think like ultimately, yeah, you start in social media, um, you constantly speak up when you want to and suggest things. Sometimes you're gonna get a no, but continue to suggest things and then continue to keep your eyes open for new ways and new and interesting ways. And I think that like, um, just always trying to stay one step ahead is really important for someone that wants to start that role uh yeah i guess that's kind of what i think if you want no, to a good,
2: i think that's a good i think there's a huge opportunity as well when you start in social media to actually come up with nice ideas content ideas that then you can take as your own portfolio to the next role and be like this is what this is what i proposed and this is what has been, been made even if you're not the one you end up producing it or but you actually were like um, involved in the ideation or or, or whatever. I think it's a no. It's a good way to start. Thank yeah. you, Daniel. This is it. Thank
1: you, Yelan. I had so much fun. Hopefully, I answered questions.
2: <laughs> you did. You did. I think it was. I think it was great. I think it was great. Uh, thank you, Daniel.
0: This was Digital Marketing Finesse episode nine. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you back next week for the last episode of season one. Bye.